Good morning. It's good to see you all back in the church uh, once again. Um, it's, uh, it's really just nice to be here and to see everyone here at, uh, in a filled church. Um, our first liturgy back was actually uh, on Transfiguration, which was uh, quite fitting in the Transfigured Church. But today I'd like to spend some time reflecting on the Transfiguration in light of one verse primarily in the epistle today. So if you have your um, bulletin in front of you, there's a verse in the middle of that section uh, to the, in the epistle, and it says Matthew, uh, it's Romans 15, verse 4. And it says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And what struck, what struck me most about this verse is that what St. Paul talks about, the Scriptures, and that which was written aforetime, he's referring to the Old Testament as a whole. Um, what were the Scriptures for St. Paul if it wasn't the Old Testament? What were the Scriptures that Christ Himself read and memorized and meditated on if not the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets? And so also when St. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all Scripture is God-inspired or given by inspiration or God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be perfect. He is speaking specifically to us about the Old Testament readings, the Law and the Prophets. And I'm emphasizing this today because over the past few days and weeks, I suppose as well, I've had several conversations about the Old Testament and how difficult it is to read and to understand and how there's such strange things in there, right? I don't know if you've noticed. There's a few things that are a bit odd in the Old Testament readings. And the first thing to really, you know, come to grips with is to acknowledge that, but also to point out that this, this was the Scripture reading that the New Testament authors had in mind that we would continue to read and to benefit from and to meditate on just as they had. So there was a, a time, um, one of these incidents um, that I ran into, um, that I had when um, talking about the Old Testament, I went to a coffee shop last uh, Saturday, and as I was walking in, um, I, I should preface this by saying that uh, if you haven't noticed, I've been going for kind of a Colorado hippie look. And as I was walking in, I must have nailed it that day because there was a homeless man that spotted me and he came running right up to me. And uh, before he got to me, he must have finally noticed that I had a collar, you know, and so I think he thought I was a threat to his area. You know, he's going to tell me to go ask for money somewhere else. Uh, but he comes up to me and then he says to me, uh, you must walk by faith and not by works. And I thought, well, that's a strange thing to say. And then he ran back off to his uh, seat and he sat down and he was reading a really old, worn Bible. And so I go and I get my coffee, of course, first and still think what, what happened. And uh, I eventually thought, you know, I'll go sit down and I'll talk with this, this man, Stephen. And uh, so we ended up spending the next hour, believe it or not, talking about the difficulties of reading the Old Testament. 
How is it that as a Christian, we, should po- we could possibly come to understand them? And so I think the first thing to recognize for sure is we should say, you know, at surface level, at the very least, some parts can be strange. But what we know for sure in the, in the scriptures in the New Testament is that even though they might come across strange at a surface level, uh, every passage is for our edification as Christians. They are for our building up and for, for us to be pouring over and to study and to see, uh, which I'll, I'll go into in a minute, how we can see Christ in the Old Testament. So um, St. Paul tells us today, even though we might find them strange and want to go away from them, um, St. Paul tells us that they were written in former days for our instruction, not for their instruction, not for the instruction of, of the people of God in the Old Testament. It says specifically for our instruction. The New Testament authors had this in mind. So the answer, um, as if, we, if we're asking ourselves the question, how can we um, understand these better, even if we might um, dislike what we think we understand, uh, I would say that the true answer is uh, looking at the icon of the transfiguration. Uh, I love this, this icon in the back here. I love this feast day. It's probably one of my favorite feast days because I really see this icon as being the icon of the entire scriptures. If you look, you have Elijah and you have Moses, uh, who are the, the law and the prophets, but you also have the three chief apostles, which represent the New Testament as well. But what's interesting, though, is that they're all looking to, gazing upon the transfigured Christ. And when we read scripture, we should have this in mind. When we read Moses and the prophets, we should have in mind the authors gazing upon the transfigured Christ. So many times we might think, you know, like, like, you know, we read Matthew and we read some of the, we might emphasize the historical aspects of Christ, which is to an extent an, uh, a good thing, but we can't ever comprom- we can't ever forsake his divinity. Uh, we need to realize he is one person. And same with uh, reading the Old Testament law. It's uh, clothed in the letter. But what St. Paul tells us is that the Spirit is what we should be looking for, which lies behind it. So we should, every single text of the Old Testament points to the Spirit, points to Christ, points to the transfigured Savior, and we should be looking for Him in all of these Old Testament passages uh, in the Law and the Prophets. And because, of course, today, Paul tells us, those things that were written, that they're gazing upon, were written for our salvation. Uh, I would like to conclude, I know I'm, I'm just barely getting into this, so this is a great opportunity, I think, really, like, if you haven't really gotten into the Old Testament scriptures for different reasons, because it's really dense, it's really thick, it's uh, large, and it doesn't move as the same as some of the New Testament epistles, but we should spend time continually reflecting and thinking about the transfigured Christ. How is it that the, that, the, that the true divinity which lies behind Christ's human nature was always there? He revealed himself to the disciples, not something that wasn't there, but he revealed himself, he revealed what was always true. 
that he was always divine. He didn't change, but he allowed them to see him as he truly was. And this is the same with the Old Testament scriptures. There is the divinity that lies behind it. And if we seek Christ uh, to the extent that we are able, he will reveal himself to us in those passages that might come across quite difficult. And I want to conclude uh, with an example of this uh, in Psalm 106. Uh, If you ever, actually, after the baseball game today, uh, I want you to go home and read Psalm 106. But I want, slash 107, if you have the Protestant Bible. But Psalm 106 uh, is really writing about the the history of the Israel people that went through the water and they're in the desert and all of these things. But the way it's worded is, is in reverse. And what's interesting about this is several of the church fathers point out that this actually points to Christ feeding the 5,000. Not only feeding the 5,000, but after he feeds the 5,000, he goes up to the mountain to pray, and he sends his disciples on the boat, and he goes out in the middle of a storm while they're being uh, tossed about by the waves, uh, and, he, um, and he brings peace to the, to the storm. So... I'm going to read a few of these verses, and these are actually from Psalm 106. So my attempt is to show you, not just to tell you, but uh, to transfigure this text for you. Uh, When you get a chance, it's Psalm 106, and it says, From the lands hath he gathered them. They wandered in the wilderness in a waterless land. They found not the path to a city of habitation. Now, if you remember... The uh, disciple said, send them away. And he says, they're not going to find a place to, uh, to eat. They'll faint along the way. And he says, uh, in Psalm 106 again, it says, but he satisfied the empty soul, and the hungry soul hath he filled with good things. He helped them out of the way of their lawlessness. He sent forth his word, and he healed them. And this was also in that passage of that text. But then it moves on in uh, the second half of Psalm 106, then talks about the storm, which he goes and he settles. And he says, They that go down to the sea in ships, doing their works in many waters, these have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. He spake, and the wind of tempest arose, and the waves thereof were lifted up. They mount as high as the heavens, and they go down into the abysses, their soul was melted with evils. And they cried unto the Lord in their affliction, and out of their distresses he brought them. And he commanded the tempest, and it was calmed into a breeze, and the waves thereof fell silent. And then verse 30, And they were glad because the waves were quiet, and he guided them to the haven of his will. So I just love this passage. This is one that's just really kind of come to light to me more recently, and I wanted to share with you how every passage in the Old Testament, if we allow it to, if we pray over it, if we ask Christ to be transfigured for us in this passage, he will do this. And this is actually what the, the whole church has done for all times, has been continually pouring over these passages to see how Christ can transfigure the passage and relate to them personally. So Christ, of course, is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And if we set the icon of the transfiguration, the icon, I would say, of of the entire corpus of Scripture before us, uh, the, um, 
and looking to Christ just as they did, it will transfigure the passages that might seem strange. So let us spend time daily reading and meditating on Christ. Let us not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. The word that Paul uses is also the same as transfigured by the renewing of our minds that we might send up all glory, honor, and worship to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.